1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and welcome to another Business Elevation show on Voice America. Um, I'm really excited about today's guest and today's show. We're going to talk about how can entrepreneurs avoid self-sabotage? Uh, Tales from the Supper Club with uh, my guest, Emma-Jane Pack. Um, we're, but before I do that, I'd like to um, firstly uh, say a big thank you to uh, my guest last week. Uh, Joe Tallack uh, was the uh, general manager of um, actually a, a big... Uh, a big um, sort of department um, store, big shopping center in Leicestershire. And I thought for a change, it'd be great to interview somebody who lived local to me, but talk about how can you become a real ambassador in your community? Um, so I think uh, Jo did that really, really well last week. So if you're interested to hear how she became a real um, you know, big um, cog in uh, Leicestershire and uh, her lessons on really influencing and making a big contribution, then do go back and listen to that show. Um, I also um, have been mentioned to me uh, recently several times. Chris, why don't you say a little bit about what you do? Um, I tend to focus myself on the guests, but very briefly, then you know what Chris Cooper Business Elevation do is we provide loads of experience. Um, We're all experienced uh, leaders, worked in big companies and the like, and a real love of working with leaders and teams to help them to elevate the performance of their businesses, their people, and themselves. We do that through coaching, through um, bespoke training, uh, through speaking. We run engagement programs, a whole variety of things. And with engagement being uh, a real passion… And realising we just don't have the monopoly on good ideas. For seven years, I've reached out to some of the brightest brains and highest achievers from around the world um, through this show. And I'm delighted to say we're now one of the biggest shows on the internet and accessed in over 50 countries. So... Um, before I introduce Emma, Jane, I also want to say a big thank you to uh, my friend, Casper uh, Craven. Casper uh, was very kind enough to introduce me to uh, EJ. And um, I just want to mention as well, he's got a tremendous book called Where the Magic Happens, about his two-year trip um, with all of his family around the world in a, in a yacht and how he made that happen. And that book's now available for pre-order on Amazon. It's going to be a huge success. So I wanted to mention Casper. So have you considered whether you're self-sabotaging your own business success? Uh, Emma-Jane Pack is the Managing Director of The Supper Club. And The Supper Club is a membership club which is exclusively for fast-growing entrepreneurs. And since 2003, has enabled thousands of founders and CEOs to realize their growth ambitions. Emma-Jane's an expert in entrepreneurship. She knows a huge amount and has experienced a huge amount around developing successful teams And her insight comes from working with and talking to literally hundreds of entrepreneurs and business leaders about their experiences as well as 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 growing her own teams across Europe. I think these people who've worked with uh, huge amounts of of entrepreneurs and leaders but also um, are out there doing it themselves and led teams, I believe these are the people that we need to learn from. So we're going to talk about, um, about entrepreneurial style today and about you know, an approach to the important elements of business success that can really transform performance, uh, but also avoid self-sabotage as that business that you've developed and founded grows and grows and grows. So a huge welcome to Emma-Jane Pack, who I'm going to refer to today as EJ, because she likes it that way.
2: Hi, Chris.
1: <laughs> Hi, EJ. How are you?
2: I'm very well, thank you very much. Looking forward to this.
1: Good. I'm really delighted that you can join us today. And uh, I often ask the question initially, when, where are we speaking to you from?
2: Um, the heady heights of uh, Elephant and Castle in London. It's a beautiful spring day, which I'm uh, very pleased about.
1: Excellent. Um, Elephant and Castle, that brings back uh, memories of many, many, many years ago, I think visiting a friend over there. Um <laughs>
2: probably changed been... quite a bit since you've been there so uh
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's the only elephant in the room today
2: <laughs> absolutely hopefully
1: hopefully <laughs> so e- ej tell us um i'm always intrigued with um with people in terms of you know how they end up doing what they're doing and you're doing this uh, you know amazing role with uh, in a fantastic organization the supper club i you know casper who introduced me to you um you know, told me how great it was and it looks amazing when you go onto your website and have a look at it. And I'm I'm sort of intrigued, you know, what was it in your childhood that perhaps, you know, impacted uh, your, you know, experiences and your role today?
2: Um, well, I suppose since we're, we're sort of talking about working with entrepreneurs, I uh, started working with one from a, a very young age, probably since birth, since my father was a, um, ran his own business. Um, He's sort of an accountant and FD by trade and then he actually screwed and sold a business to a a household named Bank when I was 10 before going on to be doing professional LED um, for private equity. So um, I've known about the business world I suppose but I would actually probably argue that um, my job now has helped me better understand what my dad did rather than the other (laughs) way around. So um, uh, we now have lovely enjoyable talks over uh, Sunday dinner table about exciting things like EBIT Dar and investment structures, um, which is quite good fun. But uh, uh, yeah, so I understood the business world, and actually, I was always incredibly competitive. Um, I was a middle child of a of a large family. I had a, a an older brother and sister who were sort of very successful. And during my school days, really into my sports, um, played music, was really competitive academically, very driven to succeed. Um, and I went to uni, and after uni. Um, did the typical thing of I don't really know what I want to do with uh, my geography degree, and um, was uh, wasn't particularly vocational. Um, so I went to a recruitment agency. They sort of interviewed and said, "Yes, sales. You've got the personality for sales. Go for it." So um, I actually went into media sales for six years. Uh, worked in a company. Worked at the same company four years in the UK, and then moved over to Amsterdam to grow their um, Benelux region for them which was which was absolutely brilliant fun um and when i moved back from amsterdam um our founder um of of the business a was a member of the supper club so i'd I'd heard about this elusive entrepreneurs club um and then also she invested in a in a startup um uh, the lady had come over from um san francisco actually was building a sort of psychometric startup it hadn't Ever done sales strategy, so I sort of consulted on that for three months, and and sort of started to see what what the sort of startup world was like. Um, and then I decided to um, to leave all very amicable, and the founder introduced me to um, the our chairman, our, our founder and now chairman, and uh, Duncan Cheetle who was looking for someone to come in. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. And I'm happy here. Yeah,
1: Fantastic. So you, you decided not to follow in your father's footsteps and be an accountant? Uh,
2: no, but I, I think following in the father's footsteps into the world of business um, and actually really, really enjoy now going back and, and understanding what he did a lot better and also us having those conversations has, I suppose, arguably brought us even closer together, which is, um, which is great.
1: Wonderful. And do, do you still do some of those hobbies of sport and music? and?
2: Do you know what? You spend lots of your um, <laughs> your childhood doing these amazing things. I have to say, I've got a clarinet somewhere, but it's a box in, the, in, in the loft somewhere. <laughs> so hopefully, picking it back up at some point.
1: Excellent. I had one but of those. But
2: the, that- the competitive spirit is still very much there.
1: Excellent. The, the reeds keep breaking, though, don't they?
2: Don't... Oh yes. God. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Classic.
1: My clarinets and my parents going. No, not another one.
2: Not I- another one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I went to the guitar in the end.
2: <laughs> Very good. Classic.
1: So, t- so tell me. You know what is the supper club? Then you know who do- who does it help? You know why is it different? Because there's a number of different networking groups on the market. So you know what is it? Who does it help? And how's it different?
2: So you did a, a great introduction um to start with so thank you very much for that but it's a it's a membership club as you mentioned exclusively for high growth entrepreneurs so um we very much focus on the scale ups you have to be at least 1 million to qualify and uh, we have members that sort of turn over in excess of 500 million so that, that's a full scale up range um it's cross-sector you have to be the founder or ceo so that exclusivity in that 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 focus on the entrepreneur has been really, really key. Um and why are we different? I think how we curate our events is really important. And the ethos at the heart of the club of give and get, um, that builds a huge camaraderie, Avert selling is frowned upon. So it's very much about learning. And a few years ago we actually ran an event and we we said to our members and awesome um, in a sort of fun gamified way, you know, what do you love about the supper club? Why are you here? And it actually came boiled down to two or three things, which was education. Uh, you don't know what you don't know, or it kind of confirms your thinking. Um, friendship. So um, a lot of people do have business partners, but quite a lot of that time, that old adage of it's lonely at the top, to have uh, peers that you can suddenly relate to and have the same challenges with, you know, working, you know, managing work-life balance, etc. And then also, a bit of therapy every now and again just being able to kind of bit of cathartic to come in and share your war story and it builds up a real feeling of trust so people do open up that they wouldn't even necessarily open up to their you know wives husbands partners um and they do have that outlet and support from from like-minded peers so it's it's a fantastic work fantastic club to be part of and i absolutely love the day-to-day role it's it's fantastic
1: Wonderful. I, I can i did have a look look when I looked at your website I, I enjoyed some of the videos on there when people were talking about that about that uh, you know friendship and a bit of therapy and and it really is it can be quite lonely out there can't it when you're doing these you you you're really trying to move something forward but there's yeah. some stress and pressure and there's money involved and you know sometimes risk of uh, losing your home if you don't keep on
2: yes.
1: keep on top of everything so it's not it's not like uh, really joining and being an employee uh, typically
2: yeah, it's, it's a very different thing. And I think um, a, a people join for different reasons and they get different things out of it. And also at the different stages of their, uh, you know, entrepreneurial life cycle. Um, when you 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 know, you first join, if it's your first business, you have no clue really what you're doing and you're just giving it a go. Um, that, you know, vicarious learning, you don't know what you don't know. And so actually someone else pointing out is, is fantastic. Um, equally at the other um, end of the, the spectrum, if you've grown scaled and either stepped back or fully exited a business what next and actually people think great you know um, people sold may have a nice pot of money in the bank you know happy days but actually people you know members go on a real journey and we do a lot to support that life after exit or what next Um, and I think I'm sure we're going to want to explore or some of these these um, areas later but um, you know understanding that actually do go on a bit of an emotional journey when you you know you've sold your your baby as it were, and then what do you decide to do next? Do You start again. Do you you know become a nanny Do you have this you know going plural, um, which people talk about, and how or how do you refocus on on, on starting something new? So um, yes, it's it's there's lots of different ways um, that, and and lots of different sorts of journeys that people go on um, at different t- parts of their life.
1: I can completely relate to that, having <laughs> done that ten years ago and and just feeling that. I was so I was so excited, worked so hard, and then um once the the business was um, my share was sold, it was suddenly I'd, I'd sort of dreamed of having this time and walked in the country and just getting back to being close to the family again and that sort of thing. And then suddenly this like, oh, what am I going to do next? I been was too busy to plan, you know to really, really plan it. Well, yeah. Um, during that busy period so I really do get that. Um, I'm just interested though in terms of you know you mentioned there are people then going into the next venture so you know do you then accept members who have maybe you know sold a business and done well but might not be a million turnover yet because they're starting from scratch?
2: Yes yeah, so if it you've got plenty of members who are on their second, third or maybe uh, sort of sixth or seventh business. So as long as they've run a business in the past that has, um, we normally say in the last three years, um, that has turned over more than a million. um, The reason why we say that is more about the experience, that that give and get ethos that I mentioned. There's a certain, um, there's a different level of conversation and different needs and um, challenges that once you get to a point where um, you have scaled, you've got the team challenges you've got the scale challenges um at 1 million that that's sort of where we put the line in the sand um so as long as you can give that even if at the the current business might be a startup let's say but you have got that experience you can you can um you know add value to the rest of the the membership with your past experiences
1: fantastic so so ej what does the role of managing director really involve
2: at the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it's very varied uh, never two weeks are the same um, well, I'm out regularly meeting our members in, in different formats, I chair and compare uh, many of our events so ooh, next week on Monday I'm, I'm chairing a dinner on stepping back from director led sales and then first thing the following morning I'm comparing a um, speaker event uh, around the future of finance for uh, 150 uh, uh, members and um sort of wider community um, so So that sort of do a lot of that Um, I'm constantly educating myself um, so I read a lot I'm really looking forward to Casper's book by the way I think it's going to be amazing Um, and listen to a lot of podcasts you'll be pleased to know Um, and one of our values um, you know as a club is around growth and the more we can understand as in the team the better we can help our members Um, and then outside of that. I can be. I'll be working with different members of the team in the business. So whether it's planning the events calendar for the next six months, how we can, uh, what hot topics are coming up, um, working with the membership team on how we're going to deliver into more cities next year. We're building a new um, online member portal at the moment. So what that's going to look like. Um, I write, write a weekly sort of blog, a high five of sort of five exciting things that have happened this week. Um, and this week at the moment is a hot topic of uh, GDPR, um, and that. Mm-hmm. coming in in May. So I'm, I'm uh, working with our operations team to sort of work out, um, to making sure that we, we comply and then what opportunities that might bring as well. So keeps me very busy, very buried, which I, I really enjoy. And um, I suppose the favourite part of my role is meeting these amazing people and learning from them. It's a real, it gives me a real buzz when there's a specific or a event or introduction that has a, has a positive impact.
1: Thanks. I can really relate to that. Having, uh, I think we've had two hundred and probably, probably something like the two hundred and eightieth person. I think who's been on this show. Wow! Um, so it's wonderful. Like, you, like you get that privilege in your working environment. I do, I do with this, and, and it is such a. Uh, such a special thing uh, to be yeah. able to do. Uh, I was delighted to get a note from you the other day saying you were on the, on the um, Supper Club ski ski event, so that sounds yeah. uh, exciting as well. Um, yes. We, we've only got about a minute to commercial break, um, yeah. so just very briefly, referring the intro to entrepreneurs' self-sabotaging, just yeah. we can continue after the break, but what do you mean by that?
2: I know it's very provocative, and I'm sure we're going to explore it, but um, I think most of the challenges well we sort of say 95% of the challenges faced by businesses are the same and they come down to people time and money Um, and my belief is that one of these far outstrips the others in most cases Um, and we run 30 events a month we've done two and a half thousand over the last 15 years and whatever the topic it almost pretty much comes back down to people um, half the time is spent about people-based issues even if you're talking about tech um, so my argument it doesn't m- matter how much money you've raised how amazing your product is how innovative it is if the business doesn't then have the right people in the right roles it just won't succeed um, And it doesn't matter how successful you've been to this point and as the founder or ceo it's your responsibility to make this happen um, and there's many ways of, you know, entrepreneurs can have a positive impact on their business and enable it. And then there's many ways they may not and actually disengage and sabotage their business. So that's what I mean by that term.
1: Couldn't agree more. We're going to go to commercial break now. After the break, we're going to find out, um, you know, more about, you know, the types of entrepreneurs and uh, how they might um, sabotage their business and, you know, how things like the, you know, the role of the entrepreneur changes over time. It's not a, it's not a you know, a fixed and price as the business gets bigger, that role um, shifts and change, and that can contribute to the self-sabotage as well. So we're we'll back with you again in a couple of minutes, and do join us.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about
2: it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff.
0: You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper.
1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and with Emma Jane Pack, we're talking about um, entrepreneurship and avoiding self sabotage. And we've got some tales that we're going to be talking about from um, from EJ's experience with um, an amazing organization called the Supper Club. So EJ, when we discussed this interview, you referred to uh, several different you know, classifications of entrepreneurs. And I'm kind of interested, you know, how do you you know differentiate? What are these different types in your
2: mind? Um, well, it's a bit of fun, so I'm going to caveat that at the <laughs> beginning, um, but I think maybe when i go on to describe them um i think people may be able to relate that they're maybe sit strongly in one or they might have tendencies from from all all of them and we've just seen you know as a, as you mentioned we've worked with hundreds if not thousands of entrepreneurs and we just see different traits and i think lots of people go you know are oh, there common um, personality traits of entrepreneurs i think Doggy determination is is one of them, and resilience um, is another that is probably innate in successful entrepreneurs. Um, but, you know, their background, where they've come from, you know, there's no pattern, um, I, I, I think, to say. So we, we've spotted a few, um, so I'll share them with you and see, see what your thoughts are. So, I mean, one of them we we, we affectionately call the magpie, uh, probably maybe the most famous type um, often referred to as a serial entrepreneur. Uh, they love a shiny new object. Um, and so that idea that always spotting new opportunities, um, they move, move from one business to the next, or if they're in their current business, they might want to sort of go down one uh, channel or idea and then they might the next month want to change and try something new, um, which is absolutely great and it is it they're brilliant at spotting those opportunities the the sort of flip side of it that it can lead to a lack of focus and that from the team it can be a bit of a roller coaster ride and hard for some of them to keep up with the constant change so um you have to be careful not to demotivate the team as as they do it um you've then got the brains um this entrepreneur might have uh, an mba they might be an inventor i think a classic brain entrepreneur i always think of is um James Dyson um, an inventor Um, or they could be a real expert in what they do so they use their technical scientific uh, business experience to to find solutions Um, that again the flip side of it is they can be perfectionists so they might struggle with the concept of minimal uh, minimal viable product Um, and that keen eye for detail can actually sometimes slow progress down and affect team morale so you have to make sure that you, you you keep that in check. Um, another one that I always love is the Pied Piper. And I always think Ooh. about that. If um, you've seen that famous, um, I think it's on YouTube probably of the Microsoft CEO, just going absolutely mental on stage and going, this is the best business in the world ever. Have you, have you seen that video? No, well,
1: honestly, no I haven't actually know. I will look it that. up.
2: <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> it's just going absolutely crazy. Um, uh, but it, it's, it's so infectious. Um, and you do, you, um, that Pied Piper is they're inspirational, they've got this innate charisma, they have this ability to make their team, customers, investors follow them um, to the ends of the earth. That they might struggle in some cases because they're such the Pied Piper and they just want to, they're, they're typically great salespeople for their own business and they might struggle potentially to build sales teams around them because um, they, they just have that sort of gift of the gab um, and their ability to, to, to sell their product. They need to have those systems and processes to um, to build it in. So there, there are there are a few. There's also um, the disruptor. They're the ones that, you know, break the rule book entirely. They're, um, they're sort of dreamers. They change the course of history. I would say something like Steve Jobs who could imagine something even before the technology caught up. Um, and they're just, they thrive on solving problems that Consumers don't even realize or customers don't even realize they have. Um, so it, sometimes, you know, the Elon Musks of the world, I think, is another another classic, um, is sometimes it's hard to get everyone bought into their vision. They need to be, they, they prefer to be talking about it and their crazy ideas rather than engaging necessarily in, in business discussions. So you have to make sure that, that that's aligned as well. So just a few there. Um, but, yeah, it's all, all affectionate and I tend to see um, different uh, people have different tendencies across across them
1: all well this really that's really interesting like cause I think what you've articulated there is you know there's some of the things that um, these different types of profiles of people uh, can can lead lead to their self-sabotage so like you mentioned the magpie and that you know that sort of flip side there of living this shiny new object but actually lacking focus and yes. the brain there can be it you know, can be a perfectionist, and the pie piper can, you know, st- maybe maybe um, have everybody following him, but maybe struggle to build the right teams. And so, yeah, really you know, interesting. And that I think that helps to articulate what we mean here by by self sabotage. It's almost like um, well so it's almost like a you know we're almost talking like about archetypes here. And there's you know the arch an archetype having a shadow. You know, it's got lots lots of benefits, which can be a winning formula. But actually, some of that winning formula can also um, result to self sabotage if it's overplayed.
2: Absolutely. And I think one of the things, as I've noted in myself and, and those around me as well, is, you know, there's no good or bad. You know, someone's strength can actually also be a weakness. You know, I've got a competitive spirit, which has got me, you know, given me great success, but it can also be detrimental if not used in the right way. And similar thing here, you know, the the, the magpie's ability to spot opportunities, brilliant. Um, uh, but, you know, the flip side, it could lead to a lack of focus. So I think... I think being able to identify where your strengths are and being able to um, articulate or acknowledge um, where you know w- what impact that could also have is. I-, I think the first thing that a lot of enlightened entrepreneurs are are able to um, communicate and articulate, and and that can help them um, be aware of it, um, so they can they can be successful.
1: It's really really interesting. That I've, I've run a few retreats and over the. The years and one of them, I've uh, well, a theme that I've noticed in a lot of people is kind of almost having this winning formula of I'm not good enough, which has mm. actually played out from something that's probably happened when they're at school maybe a teacher saying they you know wouldn't go to university or, or whatever it was or parents and actually what they do is they're always proving I'm good enough, I'm good enough and they get to get them, they're, they're achieving more and achieving more yep. through this and achieving more and eventually they kind of have so much, um, but they still feel a bit. A bit shallow inside and then they have this imposter syndrome um you know actually what am I doing here you know <laughs> it's it's interesting isn't
2: it yeah absolutely I think that's the um uh, again what is success and I think that's to probably down a completely different topic I could talk about this all day but how do you define success and actually when you talk about um to entrepreneurs and you know, what were the motivations when you started your business and what are your motivations now? Now they might be exactly the same, but nine times out of ten they're completely different and you never know what life is going to throw at you. So your motivations, everyone has a chip on their shoulder about something and that's what makes them and drives them and if you can tap into that either internally or someone, as you said, if on these retreats helps you tap into that and you can actually use that for good and, you know, power um then that can be very positive but you have to bring it down to identifying for yourself what motivates me what do i enjoy doing why am i doing this and keep asking yourself those questions um uh, and that that can help uh feed positively um into what you're trying to build
1: excellent sounds like at some point we need a supper club book with all these gems in it
2: oh uh, maybe maybe on the horizon chris uh, maybe uh. <laughs>
1: Watch your space.
2: Watch your space.
1: (laughs) So, how important is it to? We we often we talk about, of course, we do. We all we all talk about purpose and values and what have you. But how, you know, how important are they really? And to you know, the success of an entrepreneurial or business. Mm. And, you know, you mentioned that element earlier, the, the important element that people can self-sabotage around people. Um, because, you know, I personally believe it's, these are essential to engage people and, you know, grow business and engage clients and build a movement. And What are your thoughts on this?
2: Um, so I've got a couple of ideas or thoughts on this is, firstly, um, around, you know, start with the end in mind we always use the analogy in the club of building a house. Uh, Not many people would go and just find a plot of land and start building a house by laying one brick and then go from there. You have a vision in your mind about what you're trying to build and what it looks like. Um, And you might draw up plans. You might get an architect in um, and you start building and you may have to knock a wall down um, and it probably is gonna take longer and cost more than you thought it might, um, but at least you have the end in mind. So we've seen businesses with a clear mission, vision and culture are more likely to succeed to scale. So we always say start with the end in mind, values are really important um you know what is the culture what what kind of business are you trying to build and in in what environment are you trying to build it in you've got the 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 famous ones you've got netflix zappos um that they have very clear cultural standards uh sort of minor ones but important is you know some of them like oh you get free, you know, take as much holiday as you like. Expenses is um, just don't take the mick, you know, don't, um, don't spend too much, but it's up to you what you you spend. Um, and then this, this um, sort of flat structure, so there's no hierarchy. Now, they're very clear on that. Now, for me, that wouldn't attract me. So that is not the culture for me. And I've seen, we actually had one member who runs a, um, a forex company and they're FCA regulated. And he was thinking, well, what if I brought some of this in? And we said, no, you're an FCA regulated company. You've got, you have to have strong governance as part of your culture and build up. So this type of environment wouldn't work for you. But as long as you're clear on what your culture is, higher and fire your values and your culture, then, um, then everyone's on the same page. So I think that's, that's something that comes out very strongly in the club and the conversations we have. Equally, the other side of it is the purpose. And uh, there's lots and lots of surveys and research done on... um, the, the workforce today is very different to 20 years ago and the, the workforce today wants believes that purpose of a business is much more than just financial gain and they want to feel like they're having a a bigger impact um bigger themselves so you have to be able to articulate that well of, of why you're doing it um and i think there's uh, i don't know if you've come across they, he's done an rsa animate on uh, youtube but his book uh, drive by Dan Pink.
1: I know, you, I know with, Drive. Yeah. yeah, I like yeah. That, I
2: that book. Yeah, absolutely. And he he talks about getting into flow. Is when um, people talk. Um, you have purpose, so you're 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 doing something bigger than yourself. Mastery. You're constantly improving. Um, and autonomy. You have ownership. And again, if you can harness that, and and that 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 empowers people. So I think being able to keep your the best workforce you can um, is all about thinking about those things. And if if you feel like you haven't, you have communicating it enough, you're not. You need to keep communicating. And as your business grows, the entrepreneur and the, the CEO needs to be communicating it even more. Um, so I think think those things are really really important. And and my only final point on that, which um, is is a funny one, is the amount of times I've heard our members say, oh, I you know my business is like a family," and I just slightly cringe inside um, because uh, I think it's really hard to fire an auntie or an uncle um, and if you're if you're building up this environment where it's everyone's like a family, that can be dangerous. Um, I think Netflix um, are very clear on this. Is they they say we're not a family, we're a team, and anyone can be benched at any time. And the A team that got us to this point might not be the team that gets us to the next point. Um, and so you have to be able to be um, to have those open conversations. And I think just being aware of how you're what you're calling your team and, and the culture you're trying to build is is really important.
1: And that's really, you know, really interesting point. And, you know, one that resonates with me having established a business with, uh, with um, past work colleagues who are also good friends. And mm. the interesting thing was as the money got um, large, the dynamics changed. And, yeah. you know, and the... Uh, what people wanted changed and actually that friendship started to, you know, started to evaporate really. <laughs> and um, so really an interesting thought that it, we were quite like a family, but um, yeah. you know, families fall out and it's very painful when they do. Yeah. Um, so I you know, really think you've got to, I think you have to, you have to think about that right at the start of the business really exactly. well. Although maybe it's quite hard to really get that until it's actually happened to you. <laughs> to yeah.
2: Really- <laughs> <laughs>
1: And what about the impact that that can have? Um, I, I, um, uh, I, as you know, I regulate, regularly sort of facilitate you um, know events and conversations with my, with my clients around leading people. I've done one this week. I've got one on Tuesday, and I, I you know I recommend as you grow that you you know, need clear um, systems in place when it comes to people. Uh, I wonder what your thoughts are around developing, you know, skills and developing systems to, you know, build this uh, this this amazing engaged workforce.
2: Absolutely. Um, there's a there's a book, um, by Michael Gerber, I think, uh, I E-myth. think it is, uh, called E Myth, and uh, it, it's a fantastic book and a, quite popular within within the club. And he talks about when you're running uh, the entrepreneur myth is what E Myth stands for. Um he talks about those three different um, sort of hats that you have to wear the technician so you're doing what you're doing so whatever it is that your business is about um you then have to be a manager so you have to put systems and processes in place and then you have to be the leader so that's the vision the future like looking at risks opportunities inspiring and all those those types of things and ideally you'd have to be you spend 30 percent of your time sort of a third of your time on each, but at different times you'll be pulled back into the individual one. And the amount of times I've seen people go and start their own businesses and they're the technician, they're really good at, say that they've been at a SEO um, agency, agency and they wanted to start their own business and then suddenly they've grown this business and they've got uh, 25 people and they don't know what they're doing and they need to have systems and processes in place. So you can't be running around and just trying to do everything yourself. So I think where people have got it very, very right is when you can have your three year vision and goal is then having a right, the right system in place to drive the execution of that. So um, Google use what they call OKRs, Objectives and Key Results. Um, there's another book that is very popular called Traction. Um, by Gino Wickman Um, and then I we personally use something called strategy on a page which Mm. is basically your one-year strategy on a page so it doesn't matter what you use as long as you're using something Um, and and then you can start driving it using the right KPIs Um, and our founder always said if you had three KPIs, if you were sat on an island, what were the three KPIs that you could just call up and find out what they are that really drives your business uh, to know that your business is performing well? And if you don't have that, um, then you need to get them. Um, so systems are very, very important. And I can definitely talk about skills as well in a moment.
1: Excellent. Well, great. Uh, really, really helpful, all of that. Um, Satya on the page, uh, Derry Llewellyn. Davis, yes. who's a, a good friend of mine and has been on the show a couple of times. Uh, we know each other really well. And I'm so fascinated, you know, you, you love the e-myth, a very different type of networking organization, BNI. i I know having spoken to Ivan Meisner a couple of times that, you know, that book really inspired him to go from three groups to you know thousands around the world but obviously a different mm. sort of niche to you but a really important um, book so if you've not read that one I would uh, have a look at um, the E-Myth and also check out Strategy on a Page and I've got uh, Traction Sounds a good one as well so we're going to be back again in just a couple of minutes and uh, lots more to talk about uh, do stay on the line
3: together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time.
0: Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Programme one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you.
3: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network.
0: Tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper.
1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Emma Jane pat We're talking about um, how entrepreneurs avoid self sabotage. Um, fun tales from the Supper Club. I just also just want to say hello to all of those great people who work for the Supper Club who I know are, are listening to this at this very moment from the uh, the Supper Club office. So I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, now, um, EJ, um, and how I wondered, I'm really interested in this uh, sort of concept because, you, you know, I wrote a book with Dr. Stephen Levinson about the power to get things done whether you feel like it or not. And um, I think it's really important that, uh, you know, we, we do do the right things, we follow through on the right things. And I, I wonder how... In your opinion, should entrepreneurs best approach this subject, you know, doing the things that um, they don't necessarily like doing but have to?
2: Uh, yeah well I think by nature entrepreneurs are, are, are doers anyway um, so I think you know they work very hard there's a lot of working weekends um, there's a book actually called eat the Frog. Um, so says gets referred to a lot, lot of the time so that's another useful book if people haven't haven't read it um, I think there is something here just to mention around uh, motivation and um, and skills in as much as um, there's that 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 a sort of famous uh, phrase about the Peter Principle, as people get promoted into their level of incompetence, and what happens if that's the entrepreneur? So they're sort of growing and that they they need to skill themselves up. Now, um, you hear the likes of uh, Richard Branson, Richard Branson, he says, hire people that are better than you. And I think the key thing here, we mentioned, for instance, let's say the brain, the brain's entrepreneur before, you know, James Dyson, he's the inventor, he's the face of the company, but he got a CEO in to run the business for many, many years because he's passionate about the design, the inventions but he wanted someone else to come in and run the business side of it for instance so I think um, understanding your strengths and is that, that going back to what, what you know? understanding you? And also what motivates you? If you're not the right person to be running the business and you're excellent at the doing whatever it is you do, or you actually really enjoying the sales and the business development, focus on that and get someone else to, to, to come in and do the, the, the operations side of it. So I think successful entrepreneurs understand their strengths and know when to bring someone in. in. Um, delegate, but don't abdicate. Um, and I'll sorry if there's lots of little catchphrases here, I get told off about this a lot, but um, delegate, don't abdicate. And cause actually that can be self-sabotage. Oh yeah. I bought someone in They're on it now. They're sorting it, but actually you then just, you've just given it to them, but you haven't actually kept an eye on it and helped coach them or, um, spotted uh, sort of early mistakes for instance to help coach them and and get them better on it Um, and another sort of phrase that comes out is have eyes on and hands off so keep an eye on it but don't then meddle Um, and so if people do bring someone in I've seen it a lot where members are bringing MDs or COOs and then they don't move out the way so that can be self-sabotaging in its entirety don't be the control freak and keep hold of everything but then equally don't just abdicate it and give it all away you've got to have that balance um to get get it right and and the most successful ones get that balance very well
1: and what do you best do though if you can't actually afford to bring someone else in
2: um you, you need to skill yourself up so that could be um yeah join the supper club let <laughs> get so get some mentors um um maybe some so i know some members have gone and done an mba or um there are lots of and i know there's a lot in america as well a lot of business schools that do short um programs as well uh, Entrepreneurs, they read a lot. Read a lot out there. Or as well, there's a, always a conversation around: Do you hire from external or promote from within? And there is a lot of um, a lot more uh, good offerings out there for supporting your managers and the next step they need to take. Um, so that's something that's that's important um, to do as well.
1: Lots of things to think about. Mm. Um, but I'm also intrigued how entrepreneurs you know, get the balance between, you know, the things that they can control, but at the same time, there's all these um, things that external factors that are impacting a business and could impact them. You know, have you got any opinions and views and experience on how they best do that?
2: Absolutely. It's a really important balance to get. Um, The idea of control what you can control. You can't control the macro climate. Um, You know here in the uk i'm going to bring it up the brexit word um you know there's a lot of uncertainty around that and when it first happened a lot of members um sort of said right i'm going to stop i'm going to take stock and actually they realized no what i can control is keep going forward um so when you talk about it actually a lot of them are not necessarily concerned around tariffs um they say we will we'll deal with that you know you adjust what they're concerned about is more around the talent piece um, so a lot of them are saying, what can I control? Right, I'm going to open off offices on mainland Europe. Other ways of, of doing that is looking at where else I can get talent from, whether it be um, Eastern Europe, South Africa, US, like where else will there be talent pools from? And then equally, going back to what we were talking about earlier, is how do I look at my whole employee life cycle and actually get very um, uh, driven on that and focused on that so I have the best place that someone can work and give them the best opportunities they don't leave so i'm not always looking for talent so having that control of taking what's out there and then looking um inwards the other side of it is you do a ceo is responsible you do need to look ahead you can't bury your head in just what you're doing Um, otherwise you could miss out on a opportunities or the b risks that are coming Um, you you look at some of the um the some of the, the, the companies in the 90s that didn't see the digital age coming, and they just got taken out. And if they'd adapted quicker, um, they could have they could have um, still been around. So I think having that balance of don't get um, uh, sort of obsessed with what your competitors are doing or what's going out on the market. Control what you can control, but keep your head above the parapet and keep an eye on out for it um, to make sure that you're you, you're not missing risks or opportunities that are out there
1: it's really interesting i was having a, a great conversation yesterday with a, a young entrepreneur with a tremendously um, developing online business and uh, we were talking about this very subject and you know another player in the marketplace who's got lots of retail stores are just was just opening another another 10 stores and of course we've had you know he was sort of questioning well, why are they doing this you know and it, but i think it's that is that pattern it's because that's what they know yeah. Um, I and mean, we've, we've obviously had this as well with, um, uh, you know, with hotels and uh, people, you know, this, this system where people are now offering their uh, hotel rooms and, you know, their homes as hotel rooms or their flats. And suddenly, you know, there isn't the asset base that the hotel chains have got. Um, it's quite interesting. You can get locked into ways of thinking when actually there's a, you know, where, necessa- where common sense doesn't necessarily prevail. Toys are closed this week, you know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why a lot of the, the larger corporates are doing things like corporate ventures and investing in um, earlier stage businesses because they're bringing that innovation into the business and they're, they're doing it by investing in them and then potentially purchasing them rather than necessarily, um, they realize they don't necessarily have the skills and that, that culture internally. So they're having to bring it in from the outside um, through, through acquisitions. Um, so it's quite an interesting time.
1: I found that fascinating. I only really sort of discovered that you know, maybe a couple of years ago, These all these incubator units you've mm. got in London, and uh, I've got one I've been about to work with in Nottingham. Uh, and it's, it's a whole world now, isn't it? Of companies who are learning together and growing and you know, some yeah. being supported and mentored. And it's uh, you certainly didn't see that 10 years ago.
2: Absolutely. And I think one of the, just a, as a sort of tying it back into the subject today, a lot of those incubators. Being aware, if you are the founder and entrepreneur in that space, you will have that corporate giving you, you know... um, tap on the back and saying well done great piece of tech um, that product is brilliant um, what we've heard and we, we've worked with a couple of incubators actually they're not getting that mentorship and that support around how to build a business, it doesn't matter as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't matter if your tech is the best thing in the world um, if you've got the most disruptive or the coolest thing since sliced bread, if you then can't sell it, if you then can't um, you know, build the structure around it to it's all in the execution, so I think if you are in that situation or you have built a, a great piece of tech, you still need to get that support around how to build a great business. Um, the product itself is not, is not going is not, is not to build that business.
1: Mm, yeah, I guess you've got to, in those situations, you know, it's, do people have to consider whether the relationship there is one of them really gaining value, being given to, as opposed to yeah. maybe the party wanting to get? Absolutely. Um, so what's in your best interest? Yeah, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Absolutely. So, for anyone who's listening right now and they're thinking, you know, I really could do with joining a great business club. Uh, you know, my turnover is over over a million, um, and they're thinking and deliberating about actually, maybe I should join the supper club or or someone like that. You know, why why do you think they specifically should contact you, and what value do you think they'll really gain from that relationship?
2: Well, it's, it will be mean different things to different people. Um, I already mentioned um, if it can be lonely at the top. So if you don't have that um, base and that network to be able to sort of bounce ideas off, or, or just communicate your woes to or your successes mm-hmm. to, um, that it's a, it's a brilliant, um, it's a brilliant community for, for that to happen in. Um, you're surrounded by peers who are going through the same journey. Um, it's great education. Um, it's it's skills. There's house twos, there's Practical insights of, you know, insight. This is what I'm currently doing to overcome this challenge or take advantage of this opportunity. It's hindsight. Here's what I wish I'd avoided, so you can avoid the mistakes others have made, and and you can get there faster. Um, it's foresight. We talked about it earlier. External. What's coming? What are the tsunamis that potentially um, could change the course of how we do business? Um, and it it's that support network. So it's that vicarious learning, that education that support that bonds you know as you mentioned we went skiing um last weekend um so 14 of our members you know there was no agenda they you know they the business happened on the slopes people were able to help each other out with connections with ideas you know business does happen between members um you know overt selling is is frowned upon but you can't can't put put, um, 500 uh, entrepreneurs in a room and business not be talked about so there's lots of different ways you can get value from the club as well as we talked about supporting your team Um, we do a lot of workshops and speaker events that the team can get involved in so they can step up as well so you can then step back and work on the business not in it and and do all this great stuff that we've been talking about for for the last hour so if you're considering it talk to us
1: fantastic. I think I think what I, you know I hope over the years I've been to many kind of networking meetings and groups and things like that. And I think it's you know it's really great. when your time is limited as an entrepreneur and you're you're very busy, I think it's great to actually go to you know places where you're going to meet people who who can generally help you, of your of your ilk going through your experience, rather than maybe trying to search for those sort of people in a large crowd. So I think, um, you know, the kind of service that you offer and uh, uh, I think is very, very valuable to people and, uh, you know, both emotionally and also um, potentially can lead to all sorts of learning and opportunities and connections and and growth. So uh, I really do understand uh, why people are attracted to what you do. So I wonder if you've got any final messages that you'd like to leave us with.
2: Um, well, no. Thank you very much for for having me. I suppose that the, the kind of three or four things I would say around around this topic is, first of all, if you are an entrepreneur, just stop every now and again. Like, who am I? You know, what are my strengths? What are my potential uh, weaknesses? What what is motivating me? What do I want to achieve? Um, and start with the end in mind. And that you could get to 10 million and then have a completely new end in mind. You might, you know, build an extension to your house, um, but start with the end in mind and keep communicating it. Ask yourself, am I communicating that well? Then do I have the right people and the systems um, in the right places to allow that to happen? And am I helping them to perform at their best? And also at my best, is there another way that I can support myself or help motivate myself? And then ultimately it's down to you. You can control what you could control and and that's how you can have an impact. So those are sort of four or five questions I'd leave you with.
1: Fantastic. It's been wonderful talking to you. Really enjoyed it. Some really great thought-provoking uh, thinking there, which I think can help anybody who are developing their business. To find out more about The Supper Club, go to www.thesupperclub.com. That's thesupperclub.com. Uh, next week um, at Easter, I'm um, I'm off for the off for the week, so I'm repeating a fantastic show with Libby Wagner around uh, you know what would you do with your ninety thousand hours. And then following week, I'm um, an amazing interview with the CEO of the Nevis Tourism Authority, Greg Phillip, and Jane Hansom on uh, tourism the Caribbean way. Uh, it's a brilliant interview we pre-recorded last week. I strongly recommend that you listen to that. Once again, a huge thank you to EJ to the Supper Club. And any questions, comments, do send them to Chris at ChrisCooper.co.uk. Um,